Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings, Valspar Championship DraftKings picks, one and done, final bets, and the weather, which is getting pretty spicy this week. Smash the like while you're here, sub to Mayo Media Network, and we got a few announcements before we start. Again, the free March Madness PME bracket is open down in the description, or if you go to leaguesafe.com slash Madness, It is free to enter. There's $2,500 for first place. However, I don't give a shit if you fill out a bracket or not. Just go sign up for it, because every person we get to sign up, $1 gets donated to the Fantasy Cares charity, so kids can have presents at Christmas time. So why don't you take the fucking 20 seconds and go sign up, okay? Link's down in the description. And you can win money, and you can help people out. Why wouldn't you want to do that, okay? Also, the PME Listeners League, it is actually now available. That's also down in the description. I think there there's 3,000 spots, and I think 1,700, 1,800 are already gone. People found the link in the YouTube show on Monday. But for all you audio listeners who may have missed it, it is down there right now. Let's get this filled as quickly as possible. I don't want to be begging on Wednesday night because I got the link late. I mean, it's on them for getting it to me late, but please, let's just try to go fill it so we can retain all that momentum we had from the players and maybe max it out and get $100,000 guaranteed rake-free for the Masters, which is upcoming. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to generate your lineups. Check out the ownership percentages, the simulations. Make everything easier on yourself. And this is the last week to vote in the Custies. Closes on Friday. Ben Raza, you just did a show with Tim. Do you think that there's any chance he doesn't win most insane? No, no, I'm going to I'm going to say that's a lock. I'll be watching, interested, but I don't think that's uh, a category with too much too much uh, uncertainty. Uh, me and the audience appreciates appreciate, appreciates you filling in this morning. Last second stuff. Tambo uh, in, got delayed coming back. I mean, dude wins 150K and then can't even get home in one day. Times. It's going to take him like two and a half days to get home from Denver because they, they, he was hovering. He, he texted me from the plane. He's like, yeah, I think I'm going to be there. And then like two seconds later, he's like, oh, we hovered over the airport and then we turned around for two hours because there was too high of winds. So he's stuck somewhere in transit. So he cannot be here this morning but he did say to give away the $500 winner so shout out to at Holden Sports 80 on Twitter who left the audio review who followed toe tag and Tambo on Twitter you won 500 bucks Tambo has a lot of money these days Ben so I he could probably give like 5,000 bucks couldn't he yeah he could maybe he can uh yeah, donate to the human fund, but no, happy to be here. Talk a little Valspar. We got weird wet. Did it snow up there? We got snow yesterday. Yeah, we got snow for about like three hours, and then it just rained. Yeah, yeah, it, it all melted here, but we got hit pretty pretty hard for a little while. Yeah, my power flickered, and I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. Oh, God. But uh, it was fine. It flickered twice, and that was the end of it. My kids kind of freaked out because they didn't know what the hell was going on with the lights, but it's better to have it flicker, come back on, uh, and have heat. That's always nice to have heat, especially when it's snowing out and then you get freezing rain. But either way, we're here to talk about Florida. Nice weather. Valspar Championship. Of note, Keegan Bradley has withdrawn from this tournament. That happened on Wednesday morning. Aaron Rye is another one who is also out. So Cust, one and done pick. I mean, Keegan probably saw the internet, saw Cust, picked him to win and was like, fuck this. I don't need another full Keegan embarrassment at the Valspar. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's... That's what pushed it over the top. I'm glad he did that and saw this 
on Wednesday rather than Thursday because I probably would have been on some Keegan and it thins out the mid uh, 9k range for us a little bit it does but it's it's gonna make it tough we'll talk about the weather in a second and try to how we're going to navigate that but I do want to say over at Stochastic you guys are just jamming out college basketball content aren't you who's the pick now are we still going we, with Furman going with Furman Furman has a sneaky upset but yeah if you are Looking, if you're building some brackets, if you want some analysis, Makajeski, nobody better in the industry. I got my, my content there as well. So you go to Stochastic, go to Odd Shopper and check out all that college basketball before you got to submit to the to the bracket. And like you said, it's for charity. There's all sorts of things going on in the college basketball world. Yeah, and if people like like Dynasty Football, there are three spots of the Scott Fish Bowl up for grabs too because it's Scott Fish's charity, Fantasy Cares, that's putting this on. So he was generous enough to give us three spots along with, I think there's like 5K worth of prizes that you can win on top of the charity as well. So once again, down in the description, play in the fucking March Madness bracket. Okay? Thanks. Bets for the Valspar Championship. I, I'm sick of losing money. Not that I'm going to win money with a new strategy, mind you, but I'm betting on Jordan Spieth at 14 to 1. Like, just, I think he's going to win, so I'm going to bet on him. I don't care what his odds are. Just got, just got to go with it. It was the first thing I thought this week. Him and Hadwin, so I have Hadwin at 28. Justin Suh, like everyone else in the world, has him on the betting card at 40 to 1. And my guy, Garrick Higo, 80 to 1 with five places, took two long shot bombs, Kramer Hickok and Dylon. Woo! At 125 and 200 to 1, each with five places. Those are the six, the six pack for the Valspar Championship. First round leader, I did play because of the weather. Vegas at 70. Cole, Ben Martin, your guy, just for you. Yeah. Kramer Hickok, all at 80, and Dylon Wu at 90. So those five, they're all PM guys on Thursday. That's when the weather looks good. We'll dig into that in a second. I bet uh, Thirsty Lawrence over on the Euro Tour, 75 to 1. He's down at like 30 now at some places, but you can still catch a big number on old Thirsty Lawrence. I took Spieth in the one and done. Jeff took Fleetwood and Cust has now switched his pick from Keegan Bradley to Gary Woodland. So sorry to all of you who have money on Gary Woodland already. Do you have any bets in? But, well, so I donated with Fleetwood, as I do every week, because I just have to. I can't help myself. And we matched up. So I, I have Justin Sue like everyone else. I have Kramer Hickok on the card as well. He's one of my, uh, did a show yesterday, and him and Nasty Nate Lashley were kind of two of my YOLO dart throws as you get to the big-time numbers. I was really surprised Dylan Wu was so far down on the betting board, even like versus Brandon yeah. Wu and Justin Sue, because he's been playing some great golf recently too. It's just like no one's noticed or they think that he's Brandon Wu and just got him confused. That is also possible. Yeah. That number's come down a little bit, but he's, you know, 10th at Honda was fine at the players. Pretty respectable for sure. Did you bet uh Ludwig Aberg? I didn't boy. I didn't No. No. <laughs> especially after Cus lipped him too. Like that's a prime spot to like get onto someone. I just thought his odds were wildly unfair. Yeah. So the, there was a couple guys that didn't make my card that I looked at pretty closely. One was another one of your boys, Victor Perez, um, who's, I never know what to make, but we've seen that kind of, you know, some of the euros come over can do really well. And I think this is wide open, but for me, I stuck with obviously Fleetwood, Sue, some of these guys that I feel like are close to finally breaking through and getting one. I felt like I wanted to use, like I'm going to use Victor Perez on draftings. Feinberg bet Vic Perez at 70 to one. And I think it makes a lot of sense. Like I've had success in the betting market and the DraftKings market, mind you too, just 
I know the world rankings are stupid, but Victor Perez is actually a good player, and he's priced the same as Ben Ann and Steven Yeager. Like, guys that I like, but Victor Vic Perez might be on the Ryder Cup team. Yeah, he's a player. He's obviously going to do it. Wind's not going to bother him. Um, and it's wide open. I'm not in, like, I, I didn't consider, bet, not that I don't think JT can play well, but I didn't really consider betting him, so... If he doesn't win, it is wide open with someone random who could win. And Perez won Abu Dhabi earlier this year against a pretty stacked field. And I think he came 11th in the, whatever the next tournament was. Then he like played the Al Ra Kazam Open. That's, that's, the last oh, yes. time, that's the last time he played. It was like the beginning of February. But now he's here. He's playing this. I'm sure he's playing match play next week. And then he's going to get all geared up for the Masters. So we're going to get a lot of, uh, we'll see if he can be the real big dick Vic at one of these events and actually win on continental U.S. soil. Imagine Vic Perez gets a win before uh, in the continental U.S. before Vic Hovland and even Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah, that would be a tough scene for for me and for them. Uh, I know we're going to get into it. Did you, who's this Ryan Gerard fella? Okay, so he Monday queued for the Honda. And he ended up coming third, I think it was. Uh, and then he played him. So his, that got him into Puerto Rico. And he played really well in Puerto Rico as well, I want to say. I don't know if like. Uh, he did. How high up was he? Was he inside the top 10? I think he, he was. T- 11th. He, okay. So that he ended up getting a spot into this field without having to Monday qualify. But you know, he has two PGA Tour starts. He's come fourth and 11th at Honda in Puerto Rico. It's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. But again, I there's so many mystery guys. Uh, I, I stuck with at least some names that I can somewhat justify. Yeah, I mean, you could go to like crazy Carl Juan if you wanted to. He's now like 250 to one. Although I did see just from looking at the notes, I don't know if this says come to fruition or not, but the rough is up like an inch this year. Like the fairways here are pretty narrow anyway. And this course is deceptively long. Because it's only a par 71. There's five par threes, four par fives. Like some of these par fours really get out there. That I do think there's more of a premium. Like I, I did the walkthrough on Sunday and I showed the model that I've had. I actually built another one that just had around the green, long irons, opportunities gained, and driving accuracy. And it did not give me any good players. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like I'm trying to think who fits. Dylon Wu. Okay. Well, that's one. Um, yeah, I mean, like Hadwin and Jaeger comes to mind. That guy's around the green wizard. Yeah. But. I mean, that that's one of the main reasons. I mean, it should lead me because they're so close in odds to JT over Spieth because they're both just as good from around the green. But like, I don't need Justin Thomas scrambling and tapping in for par. I need Jordan Spieth just chipping in for birdie. And you know, that, that just happens to him every single week. Uh, yeah. Yes. He, I mean... That him to make the cut there was as speed like as I've ever seen. Um, hmm, I'm fiddling around right now. Who the hell's Trevor Cone? Oh, he's been playing. He's a part of that like Carson Young, fake Cam Young, who came like third in Puerto yeah, Rico. Yeah, there's too many of these guys. Yeah, but... yeah. Trevor Cone's been around. Uh, Goya is another one that's down there who just plays every single week, and you never really notice. John Vanderlaan, John John Claude Van Damme's in the field, yeah, apparently. Yeah, I didn't realize that was a real guy. Kyle Westmoreland. Yeah. Pearson Cootie is back this week. I almost bet on Pearson Cootie. I'm playing him this week. Fuck it. Guy makes the cut every week. Okay. He does. He's another one, though, because everyone's got either a Matrix twin brother or a name that sounds the same. It's hard to keep these guys. Where's his brother? 
Well, I don't think his brother's any good. Like he was another. He had oh. to he had to Monday qualify along with Custy uh, Gerald in order to get into that field. But Pearson Cudiel has won twice on the Corn Ferry Tour now. Hmm. Some. What did you? I, I know I'm just derailing this uh, set to begin here. But did you look at Fitzy in the outright market at all? I didn't get there because I didn't like the odds, but. Fitzy should fit this perfectly. He should. He played pretty well here last year as well. I I just think he's not going to get my money at like 16 to 1. But yeah. I, I do think if I'm not going to start with Spieth, that's probably where I'll start on DraftKings. Yeah, I loved him last week and he butchered me. No, me too. And he's the only one of the 10K guys this week that fits the good weather wave. All the other guys, like Thomas Spieth and Burns, are all playing together. But PMAM is looking pretty clearly like it's going to be the wave, which most definitely means it's going to be the opposite because you know how this works. Of course. I, I haven't hit a wave stack since, you know, 2018. So, yeah, it, it does seem, though, PMAM. And it, I know you rattled off your first-round leaders. It sounded like you had PM guys in the first-round leader card for sure. All of them. All five of them were PM yeah. guys. Just just to look at it right now. So I'm on the Palm Harbor Wind Tower. I'll add this all in the newsletter that's coming out later today. It'll have all the final cheat sheet. You can sub to it for free down in the description or just go Mayo Media Substack if you use the Google machine or the Duck Duck Goose. And then... You can just sign up for it. It's completely free. And then it'll just get emailed to you. And I don't overwhelm you with the emails. I don't like that because I hate when people email me too much. But this has info that I would want. So I email it to you for free once a week, Uh, twice this week. So I wanted to get the bracket all pumped up when we did that live. Either way, looking at the morning and listen, this can most definitely change. Shit like this changes all the time. So I'd stay, try to stay up to date on it. But from 7 a.m. until 1 p.m., on Thursday morning, we're getting winds early, like gusts up to 28, 23, 26, all in the morning, like when the big stars are hitting the course. Starting at 2 p.m., gusts up to 10 with a consistent of like two miles per hour wind. It's like they're playing a, a totally, it's like they resurrected the biodome around them for the afternoon wave. Ah, uh, the biodome. Yeah, I mean, the biodome will help. And and it's interesting, you mentioned the, the big three, uh, right off the top, all in that morning wave. So a lot of the big name players are in in the AM and then PM instead of the PM AM. So maybe, God, this just sets up. You know, Fleetwood. He's got the right draw. He's got the right weight, and just seven over somehow. That that's always the part that people forget about the wave stacks. Because just look at Morikawa on Saturday at the players. Everyone shoots sixty four. He shoots seventy four. It's like, oh, okay. You also had perfect conditions. You just fucking sucked. Because that happens. Yep. That does happen. Um, But having said that, clearly it's a week. You know, we talk about always the risk reward. You're going to see a lot of PM AM stacks. I don't think it's crazy if you're playing a bunch of teams to stack up AM PM on a few teams because say it's completely wrong. The leverage you'll get is going to be immense. Yeah. I remember two weeks when I was still at fantasy uh, and Dink used to come on the show all the time. I think he won the 555 and back to back weeks doing the contrarian weather stack. It just worked out for him. Yeah, that can happen. Obviously, a lot of times you're you're crushed, but if you're fully leveraging it, what's the difference? Like, it's not like those guys can't get through. They just have a much tougher path. And the one benefit to the contrarian stack this week, if no one is going AMPM, the options that you have from AMPM are fantastic. That that'd be actually my one hesitation because, as we know, 
when we look at it, because Sky always puts out the numbers of who actually stacked and who didn't. And that's going to be even more of a conversation next week at match play when we all make a big deal about, oh, do you have the <laughs> optimal six of six in each quadrant? Then you go look at it. It's like, oh, 1% of people did this. It's like, oh, yeah, this, this is li- literally like us and our 500 closest friends talking about this one thing, and no one else gives a shit. The weather stack is kind of the same way. It's a bit more prevalent. But Thomas and Spieth and Burns are going to have ownership on them anyway. So it's not like you're getting super contrarian by using those guys as a part of a wave stack. No, that that is true. Obviously, the big names will garner. They they supersede any stacks. And you're right, people. Don't get me started on the match play. I spend years charting it out, and I do it perfectly. And I don't think I've ever had more than one of four in the final four. I can't get match play right. It's impossible. I usually do really well at match play and I feel like I'm going to I'm going to win all the money like I think last year I had four guys in the final eight and I think they all lost. <laughs> it's like great. I had Tanny like Lucas Beerguard was the last time I did something useful at match play. Yeah, you beat Tiger. It was Yeah, he did. And then where's he now? He got Shang Sunned from that because he's nowhere, but So yeah, I, are you play like? Do you play 150 still, or are you just like just playing higher stakes and that kind of thing? No, I usually build because I, I I normally one, once in a while I'll, I'll spit out 150, but usually I build like 20 to 25 by hand and put them in some of the the you know the three max. There's a new like 10, 15 max. Some of those I like that. Um, yeah, it's a ten dollar. Yeah, that, those are good tournaments. A shout out to I think it's Degenerate 85 on Twitter. He had me on a show. Uh, a little while back he created that contest worked with DraftKings for showdown and they just like implemented it as a full tournament one it's a really the payout is awesome in it and it's a yeah 18 or 19 max 10 dollar yeah it's good yeah it's cool so if you play 20 lineups and we're talking about wave stacks how do you allocate that do you think like between pmam ampm and just full whatever like do you go all in like 15 one way five the other way five five ten mixed like what's your general strategy yeah i'm more in that where it's like okay give me 10 p.m a.m give me 3 a.m p.m which is probably going to be donation just given the the forecast and then give me seven blended um just so i have a, a different spread and obviously you know before i look to the wave stacks i still factor in sometimes I feel like we do it backwards where it's like, oh, I love this guy. I love him. Oh, he's in the wrong wave. Can't play him. Like, no, if I like these guys, I will still get them in. It's just maybe allocating different uh, percentages in terms of, you know, how much exposure you want. Yeah, I know Tambo is usually one for, listen, you don't need to, you can completely wave sack, but even going like 5-1 with certain guys, because you like one of the guys in the other wave, you have conviction around them. And inherently, that'll just make you super unique anyway. Yeah. And, you know, when you chop off half of the field, you don't have as many pivots. So like there are times if you're building, you know, a PM AM and you're just like my last spot, I have no real options except, oh, there's a great option in the other wave. Like play that guy. Don't say, oh, I can't play him because I'm trying to make it, you know, a full six man wave stack. I'm very against that strategy. Uh, Do you have any sort of strategy of the types of players that you want to go to this week? Or is it just going to be like, if we get into a situation where you're playing mix and you have a coin flip situation between like two low seven, high six K guys, I I feel like you'd lean towards PM. Oh, I I absolutely would. When you get lower, I think the wave stack's more important because ownership is not as important. And those guys, you know, we're talking about cut equity. 
being impacted severely. So for me, yeah, definitely in PM. And I, I would like my guys, particularly this week, uh, to be able to get up and down. Around the green is not something I weigh a ton, but when it looks nasty and at a course like this, I think bogey avoidance and things like that are at least something to be considered. Bogey avoidance is too, and I'll uh, when I go to fantasynational.com, which you can do too, fantasynational.com slash mayo. Get the monthly right now because it'll bring you through the heritage, I believe. Yeah, it'll bring you through from now through the heritage. So you get match play. Our system is set up great uh, to make your lineup super unique in terms of generating your lineups for match play. And you'll get the Masters in there as well, along with the other term. It's like the heritage, which is the real Masters in my mind. But if you try to do like long rough or scoring, diffi- I think the scoring is going to be difficult this week. I think you're probably going to see you know, minus 10 win. I think they were sick of Sam Burns winning at minus 17 and decided to go the other way. So if we take difficult courses, here are the guys that you're looking at in terms of around the green. Tommy Fleetwood, number one. Matt Wallace, who can't fucking drive the ball to save his life. He's number two. Spieth, Kisner, Armour, Ben Ann, Bob Shelton, your guy, Troy Merritt, Denny, and Wyndham Clark. Those, those are the types of players we're looking at. I really wish Aaron Rye didn't withdraw because he would be great here. Well, Ben, the show is officially cursed. Tambo couldn't make it yes. because of the weather, and your power just went out. But now it's back. It's back. They they sold me. Uh, you know, the power goes out. They tell me immediately up. Uh, it's going to be like 12 hours. I don't know. It's sunny here, even though the snow is falling. Minute I gave up all hope. All of a sudden you hear that noise and I'm back in business because this is good because I had some real bad hot takes that I wanted to get out into the uh, the public. So not, we're back in business. I, I have some pretty egregious takes of my own to get to, but we need to do one and done before we do anything. So two weeks ago, Tambo and I had Rom at Bay Hill and we were winning the race for the Mayo Cup. We were in first place winning $50,000 after the first round. He was the first round leader, played great, and then bloop, fell off. It's like, ah, shit, this sucks. That happens. We had Morikawa last week and we were all the way back up to ninth, I think, after the first round, even with him in second. And obviously we know what happened to him. T13 is like not bad, but now we're down to 476th in the race for the Mayo Cup. So not great after everyone had Scheffler last week. So whoever we pick, I almost guarantee you, is going to do very well in the first round. I can't guarantee anything outside of that. Where where do you think we should be going with this? I think Fitz is actually a pretty attractive option here. Good wave. No one's using him. I'm totally on board with that. Uh, I used Fitz already this year, but if I had him available, that would be my one-and-done pick. I went very, eh, I got the numbers. Tons of you have done it, but not all of you. Yeah, so what you need to do right now, if you want to take charge of both your time and your meal prep, visit factormeals.com slash mayo50 and use code mayo50 to get 50% off right now. Because supporting the sponsors is in very much the same way supporting the Pat Mayo experience, which I very much encourage you to do. Eating better is just easy with Factor's delicious ready-to-eat meals, mainly because, well, yes, they are very tasty, but it's the time that they save you. Do you say you never have time to work out? Well, if you're someone that preps all your food at home, that means you need to drive to the store. You need to walk through it, make a list, get your groceries, bring them home, store them, unpack them, get the reusable bags out of the way. Then you actually have to make the meal. We're talking like two hours per meal on that. And listen, 
I love cooking things at home myself, but it takes an awful long time. Are you going to use an app to get takeout? Well, it's going to take you like 30 minutes to figure out which restaurant that you want anyway. Then you wait 45 minutes to get it, and it's probably like crap for you by the time it actually gets there. This is all time that you could have been like spending working out or doing work or just having some relaxation time because all of the meals with Factor are ready to go in just two minutes, and it goes with any sort of meal prep that you want to do. Do you want to do calorie smart? Do you want to do keto? I'm personally trying to bulk up right now, so I'm doing the protein plus to make sure that I hit my levels every single time. I go through, I pick what I want, it shows up. I never have to think about what I'm going to eat for three meals a day, four meals a day, whatever it might be, for like three weeks. It's fantastic. So I highly recommend that you head to factormeals.com slash mayo50 and use code mayo50 to get 50% off. That's code MAYO50 at factormeals.com slash MAYO50 to get 50% off. The Pat Mayo Experience is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is that all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. So whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all on your terms. And it is super easy to use. You don't need to be a tech wizard in order to set up your own website to peddle your wares on the World Wide Web. Squarespace makes that so easy, thus cutting down on the expenses you'll need to pay someone else to do it. You can do it all yourself. You can set up email campaigns to engage with your audience with Squarespace email campaigns. Collect email subscribers on your site and build connections and repeat business through regular email updates. If you're in the content space and you have a lot of videos, you can host your entire video collection, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages and sell access to your videos with member access. But the best part about it all is the analytics feature. You can use those insights to grow your business, learn where your site visits come from, where sales are coming from, then you can analyze which of your channels are the most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords and most popular products and content. It makes it all easy, all in one spot, for a very low cost, and it's something that you're going to need to do if you want to grow your business. So, Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash mayo to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. All right, Ben's power is no longer out, but now his internet is out. So all we have, instead of trying to rig up a fancy phone or board, we want to get the show out, so he is just frozen on the screen. But Ben is still on the line via this fancy invention called a cellular telephone. Hello. Hello. Can't Yeah, can't get rid of me. Uh, if now, if I lose my phone, I'm just, I'm going to fly up there to finish this show. I don't care. I'm getting my hot takes out one way or another. So who'd you end up going with in one and done since you don't have fits? I, I went with Fleetwood, obviously pretty conservative. I did consider, I mean, one of my teams is way down there. I considered rolling Justin. So I think people are going to roll Justin Sue though. I think you need to go even crazier in a tournament like this. If you really like, I was thinking about rolling out Higo. Oh, wow. See, that's, I mean, honestly, though, the guy's proven, you know, you're, you're going to get a lot of $0 bank there. But if you don't, and he has one of his sun runs, that could be a way to move up. I mean, yeah, for, I, I do love fits, though. I think that fits everything you mentioned, PM, AM, 
off the missed cut. Maybe it's just a quick bounce back, and he's still one of the favorites. I think you're going to see a lot of Wyndham Clark in the mix, too, as he also falls into the good wave, that just more and more people will end up going to him. But I suppose we should jump into the DraftKings picks for the week. I'm excited to hear some of the hot takes that you may have on this one. Uh, I wanted to start out by building the... Let's see if we can build like the stock PM AM wave and see what that looks like. So I have four players in it right now. Fitz and Justin Rose both fit this, although you say Fleetwood is in it as well. So Fleetwood probably fits it. I like Rose better than I like Fleetwood, but we'll throw Fleetwood into this lineup. So we can go Fitzpatrick, then Fleetwood, Ben Ann and Dylan Wu as like a, a starting four here. From there, I think we have, what is it? Throwing Fleetwood. We have $7,700 left. I think we can make some decent teams with that. Yeah, there's definitely going to be, I mean, your boy Johnny Vegas uh, is in that wave. My guy, Nate Nasty Nate, is in that wave. So if you want to go, like, two more balanced, I think those are the type of guys where you could pay up and maybe go get Wyndham Clark. The the problem is if you go pay up and get Wyndham Clark, you're now back to like $6,800, and I, I don't know who we pick. So I'm trying to build like a chalky lineup for PMAM, like what's going to be the most like prevalent one. Like I'm seeing right now Nate Lashley's ownership like right around 10%. It's probably not going to be that high, but it'll be around there. The other two, Jagger and Ben Ann. So we, we have Ben Ann in this lineup anyways. Is Steven Jagger in the decent wave? He's not, no. So we have to find someone around like Vegas is Vegas is. Oh yeah. So we'll go Vegas. Yeah. I actually don't hate yeah, that. You leave a little money on the table. Yeah. Me neither. Actually. It's not bad at all. Yeah. Fitz Fleetwood, Ben and Dylan Wu, Nate Lashley and Johnny Vegas is a PM AM stack. You can work off of, but just looking at how it looks at the top, you're looking for the PM AM guys, Fitz Fleetwood and Rose all fit that. And then you have Harmon who I don't think anyone is using this week. They might, now that Keegan is out, but at $9,100, he might actually be like the pivot guy to go. Maybe he's a decent one and done. Yeah, I mean, I, he's kind of out of sight, out of mind. He's in that low 9K range. Um, can roll it around the green. A lot of the things that I'm looking for, he checked the boxes and certainly at a course like this, even though it is sneaky long, like, you know, you don't need to bomb it to compete. You don't. And most of the good bombers aren't here. So I don't think it really makes yeah. that big of a difference. Like, there's a big difference in my mind. I don't know how you feel about this between Rory McIlroy and Brandon Matthews. Yeah, just a little bit. I don't consider the best players to be bombers, even though they are, like, if that was their only skill set. Like, to me, bombers are guys that they can only do one thing good. Um, and, yeah, those guys aren't even here to to worry about, so... There's not, man, of, of all the top-end guys, I feel like the majority are in the AM in the wrong wave. They are. So it's Fitz, Fleetwood, Rose, Herman, Wyndham Clark, Ben Ann. Those are the top price players <laughs> that are in the PMAM wave. Yeah, that's a tough scene. So what, what happens now then? Let's say people do jump on this PMAM stack, and these are the only guys you have available. Isn't everyone just going to have the same lineup? Well, that's where, you know, we were talking earlier, and you mentioned – that's where a five one can honestly differentiate. Like, you know, you build this out and you're like, I have no options. Put one of your favorite AM PM guys in the lineup. And that in itself can make it a little different. So when we, okay, let's, let's rebuild now. And let's go with just the pure chalk of the week. Cause Hadwin is going to be super chalky. 
more so now that Keegan is out. It looks like Fleetwood is kind of flying off the charts as well, like those two. I think it's going to be a pretty common start. I don't know. I mean, if you had to pick someone above $10,000 that you think is going to be like the most owned, who, do you, who would you think it's going to be? Is it Thomas or Spieth? I think it's going to be Spieth, to be honest. I think people maybe have soured a little bit on JT, can't putt. Spieth is Spieth. Um, it seems like a good track for him. I think Spieth is probably going to garner some of that. Okay, so let's start Spieth Hadwin then, because that seems to be okay. pretty popular. And then from my numbers, Justin Sue and Wyndham Clark are kind of a coin flip in terms of ownership when you look at it. Ben Griffin is also quite high on that list as well. So between those, we can probably jam in one of those three, I'm guessing, because Dylan Wu is actually shaping up to be like uber chalk in the sixes, which is not super encouraging to me. So we probably throw him in to get our savings, Mm -hmm. Dylan Wu. And then we can go with Wyndham Clark. And now we have 7,300, which drops us directly on the Ryan Gerard, Eric Cole, both of whom project right around 10%. And people are using both those guys. Yeah, there's no, again, this is a week where if you've been playing decent, good golf, uh, whether it's in Puerto Rico or just, you know, API Honda, the players is kind of a, a bonus. You're going to see those type of names get in there. Ooh, Ben, oh, so close to Ben Martin. Tough scene. Ben, ben Martin is mm. shockingly expensive. More so, I thought he was going to be like $6,100. He's not. No. No, no, no. How how popular do you think a guy like Victor Perez is going to be? I don't think he's going to be overly popular. Like, I have him at 6% right now. Interesting. Yeah, we, we you know, over at Stochastic, we have him right now pretty popular. But I, I, that's going to be a weird one because I don't know how many people really know. You know, they see three for three cuts made. But, who the, you know, for a lot of people, they're going to say, who the hell is Victor Perez? So, here's the way. So, Spieth, Hadwin, Clark, Cole, Gerard, Wu is a like standard cash game chalk lineup I think that most people are going to play. If you want to get slightly different off that and just have it just kill some of the ownership that's associated with that lineup, just take out Gerard and Cole, and I think you can go to Hickok and, hell, Ben Martin or Pearson Cootie if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of guys at seven. You have like seven guys. You could play EVR and really punish yourself. I'm not doing that. I can't do that, man. I mean, given that I'm now reduced to a phone, I might just play him just to (laughs) punish myself. Uh, Bo Hostler? I actually have Bo Hostler highlighted here as someone potentially to play. He's been really bad. I mean, that's not a big shocker. He played well at Pebble Beach where he plays well every (laughs) single year. He actually played pretty well in Phoenix as well, but he's lost on approach in five straight. That's also not new for him. He's not a great approach player, but usually like you want him to get super hot with the putter. You know that he can scramble and get it up and down, but his driving has been fucking terrible as well. Like there's nothing really to point to it outside of his like long-term skill set and pairing him with this course. Be like, oh, that's a pretty good fit because nothing in his recent form would suggest he's going to be any good. Yeah, no, that is fair. I mean, and the, the thing that you mentioned already, like if, if there was no one else at that range, maybe I'd look a little close, but there's three, four, five guys that can check a lot of the boxes at the same price point. So, Okay, if you wanted to go, do you think it's going to be a Stars and Scrubs type week or do you think it's going to be more balanced? Because I'm thinking it's more balanced. I think it's more balanced as well just because there's not that many quote-unquote stars and three of them are in – 
AM not doesn't make a huge difference, but I think a lot of people are going to want to go like one of the, you know, high nines, a couple guys, and then really attack the Sue Clark uh, Griffin range. And that is more of a balanced build. Yeah. We're, we're seeing those guys pop up in terms of the early ownership. So let's try to build that out. So we go Griffin, Sue and Clark. So three guys in the eight thousands, which I, I would like to go back. And obviously I could go back, but I don't have that kind of time or care all that much. Someone else who can do this much faster and really cares can let me know and I can give them credit and I can tell the people. But when you deal with a tournament like this, anecdotally i've had a lot of success in these like weaker fields with a few stars just skipping all the 10k guys and jamming the 9k guys but to me this week it does seem like people might just jam 8k guys does that work outside of majors ever from what you can recall not yeah i mean again you're you're, i'm in your bucket of like i have no but no i would say just based off my thinking uh not something because it's always a fine line you know the win equity obviously is more dispersed in, in weaker fields anyone can but still i think if you go too balanced you you run first of all it's difficult to leverage it and you are sacrificing sometimes those guys don't need to win up top but they're still a very important piece because if a random guy wins he sucks up all the top end placement points well, it, it's funny because this is kind of the situation that I fell into last week. And I know that a lot of people fell into it with Jason Day as well. And it's not that you couldn't have played all of these guys if you wanted to, but just there was a critical decision to be made and most people picked incorrectly, myself included. I went with Tom Kim at the players at the bottom of the eights. He ended up having a pretty good week, like nothing great, but he didn't kill you by any means. And Jason Day was another one who at 8,000, 8,100, whatever the hell he was, had a good week and didn't kill you, but the correct option was Tyrrell Hatton if you didn't have Hatton you didn't win yeah exactly and that's where it's it's always got to flow together and that's obviously where the line of construction comes into play so I get it and I think a field like this it puts more pressure on some of those builds just because when you you know you're in the players you're every team I don't know about your like they look amazing on paper because you get so much here it's just like well Ben Martin's my third man in like this can't be good So here's the lineup I was able to construct, like the the pure balance type build. It does dip into the sixes, but people seem to be pretty comfortable going with Dylan Wu at 68. So that does give you some flexibility in a lineup like this. It's Hadwin, Sue, Wyndham Clark, Griffin with Wu and Ben Ann. So, yeah, I mean, so you're starting in the low nines there. Yeah, but people like Hadwin to win. He's like the fourth favorite now in the betting market. Yeah. Yeah, and that, again, that's the type of build. Um, I do think it's going to be pr- pretty common. Obviously, you got some PM guys in there. God, Benny on, my man. He's going to be an important piece this week. And you know how that usually goes when you need to rely on Benny yeah. to do well. I love him this week, too, but like I, I've been down this road a lot of times. Yeah. Oh, you can also, you can, you know, because Dylan Wu, you mentioned him. We mentioned him quite a bit in these builds. Troy Merritt is the same price, I'm just saying. Is Merritt the same price? We'll pivot it. Yeah. Merritt. Interesting. He has some he has had a decent finisher too at this tournament. He's just I Yeah, mean, this he, is a good he he is the ultimate tournament play in a field like this, because the field sucks, and that doesn't really matter to Troy Merritt. He's gonna come third or a hundred and fortieth. Yes, that is confirmed. Uh but you know, there is there is some equity there for top end finishes, and I don't you know, you mentioned Matt Wallace, Echeriva off his win. I'm not sure I'm interested in that. So, like, 
yeah, I think Trey Merritt's an interesting pivot if you're looking, you know, large field tournaments. So to look into the sixes, if you did want to go like Spieth Thomas or something like that, because I, I do think there is some merit to playing double stud. And we haven't even talked about back-to-back champion Sam Burns yet, who is kind of shaping up to be a really good pivot play because no one believes that he can play well again. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, well, he only does it because he gains nine strokes on Bermuda. And then we get to Bermuda and then he gains nine strokes. And I'm like, <laughs> well, he can't do it again. So here are the six, I have five 6K guys that I've identified. So we might need to add to this list, subtract to this list. Obviously, we mentioned Dylan Wu is the one that is where people are gravitating towards the numbers point to it, his recent form points to it, his actual skill set for this course points to it. It's a great price. It makes a lot of stuff work. It makes a lot of fucking sense. It doesn't make as much sense if he's going to be like 13% owned and everyone else in the sixes doesn't crack 3%. That becomes a problem. Yeah, that's where, again, when you get down there, you know, Rocky's is never going to be as highly known, but anyone that jumps off the page, uh, kind of kind of someone that I'll, I'll look to in large field tournaments to maybe get off of in certain lineups. So you've said Merritt at 68. I'll throw him into the pool. Carson Young is $6,800. Uh, he was third in Puerto Rico. Okay. Uh, he was, you know, he's fake Cam Young. He's down there. He's 6800 bucks. So you can go to him. And then the other two, your guy, Matias Schwab, at 6600 bucks. Yes. And Zach Blair at 6200 bucks. Oh, my. All right. Schwab was on my list. That was what I wanted to mention before I lose all electronics. Zach Blair uh does i mean he's not he's not the longest hitter out there but around the green yeah fa- fairways and chipping is what you're getting with zach blair man like he's been bad mind you but uh, if you desperately need about- someone <laughs> so many bad i'm just looking at his range kyle stanley is down there jimmy walker is down there i feel like jimmy walker's had some decent run like not like recently but he hasn't been atrocious I was like fiddling around with some filters uh, and whatnot on Fantasy National, and Jimmy Walker was popping up all. And I wasn't, you know, filtering by obviously like lines, but just around the green. The, Jimmy Walker just populating a lot of the top end stuff. Let's see, he was 49th at Honda despite losing four and a half strokes off the tee. The dude can't drive the ball at all anymore. He was 13th at the Farmers, no. but he like it's six missed cuts in a row make a cut, maybe a decent finish, maybe like a top 40, and then it's back to the miscut train. I just, I, I can't get on board with that. S.H. Kim was someone that I play a lot, and now I'm like really starting to get a feel for his game. This feels like a good spot for him because, I don't know, he just makes pars. That's all he does. Like, he's not going to get you a birdie streak ever. And if people are shooting eight under, you can, you can, he might get you the bogey-free round. Like, he thinks he's playing the U.S. Open every single week, but now this becomes a good course for him. I mean, yeah, certainly when you have less streaks and less, you know, placement points and whatnot become that more, much more pertinent. And, and that helps with, you know, the Steve Stricker philosophy, which is just 18 pars and you get your bonus bogey, bogey free round. Um, where's, where is he priced? He is $7,100. So you have Hickok and SH okay. Kim down there. Like, I, I wanted to give a look to like Ben Taylor's coming off. He skipped the players to get married. Last week, I guess he didn't feel like he was going to qualify for the Players' Championship, but he's back now. Like He's been really good so far this season. A lot of it's been putting-related, though. And, like, Liston and Mullenix are right there. They're kind of like the swerve-type mm-hmm. players of everyone that we're targeting, and I know, like, the general consensus is. Mullenix has been pretty good. 
Molinex has definitely been pretty good. Obviously, some of his power comes from he comes in like 63rd, but he has the third most DraftKings points because he just scores like a banshee. But those are guys like I always relate them to Johnny Vegas, where it's like, oh, off the tee. But some of these technical tracks actually help the way they play, I think. So I'm okay with that. And we've seen it before. Like, you want to talk about a bomber? Like, Trey Mullenix is a bomber. Luke List is a bomber. Luke List was a much better player when he could chip, which seems to go through, like, he's bad for nine months around the greens, and he's lights out for three months. I, like, his touch comes and goes. And he was able to put it all together to win at Torrey. Mullenix had a win last year as well. And now we're seeing guys like, look, it's not that I think that List and Mullenix are the best players in the world, but Ben Martin is higher than them in the pricing chain right now. Yeah, which is kind of disturbing. I mean, I, I kind of get it, but it's also, yeah, you're getting, there's some players down there. I know it's a, it's a weak field, but I'm, I'm actually pretty comfortable spraying in that low sevens, upper 6K range. So I'm going to put them on the short list. I'll put Mullenix in over list for the moment because he's actually been chipping pretty well, which has been normally a disaster for him over the years. And from like the mid sevens, I mentioned Ben Martin because I actually do like Ben Martin. Pearson Cootie is there. Mr. Cootie. And if he, tries, if he comes close to missing the cut, just have to phone daddy. Daddy will put in a call for Pearson Cootie. You mentioned Lashley. I don't love him. I do love Batia because I love Batia. This is where he made his debut as a 17-year-old as well. And he just got special temporary membership for the rest of the year. So we're going to be seeing a ton of Akshay Batia. He's 7,500. Higo, I love at 7,600. Vegas, who you mentioned. Vic Perez, Ben Ann. There's another guy in there who's had some high-end finishes. He's won twice on the PGA Tour and has been like kind of a scrambling type dude recently. Nick Taylor, 7,600 bucks. Yeah, he's kind of lost in there. You just mentioned a bunch of guys around him. Doesn't have a glaring weakness. Like, there's some guys in this range, like, they do one thing good, and then they've got crazy problems. Uh, Nick Taylor's pretty solid. What did you, the one other guy I wanted to ask you, though, what about Robbie Shelton? I mean, I, I try this all the time, and it just never works. So I'm, never just, kind, I'm just kind of discouraged mm-hmm. about it at this point. Yeah, he's in the right, you know, he's in the PM, AM. Uh, so is Nick Taylor. And, and you know, not to get on a tangent, but Ludwig, this kid, they put him on, in a separate wave. He tees off like in the double afternoon. He's got, he must have the last tee time. Like, is, is that true? Hours after the, I don't know. I mean, I'm like looking at the tee times like, oh, 1230, one o'clock. He's, he tees off at 230. They got him with the, it'll be nighttime by the time he tees off. Yeah. L- Ludwig Aberg at 225 PM. There's another guy in this field who I've legitimately never heard of before. Nick Gaberlick tees off at 230. Of course. He, he's in the last group. Who is this guy? Money cute or something? Never heard of this guy. North Florida Ospreys. Oh, so he's like the new Eric Cole. Just great in Florida. I get, I, I don't know. I, these people, I saw this guy's name the other day, and I Googled him, and I'm pretty sure he went to North Florida. I would tell you for sure, but I don't have internet because society. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's uh, – Smotherman's down there. He, hmm. he, remember when he was leading the players for four holes? People were like, oh, I should have played Smotherman. Yeah. I don't think he made the cut. No, no, he, there were a couple guys like that where it's just like, oh, where did they go? Oh my God, they made a, I mean, even not to get on an Aaron Wise tangent, but I, I stupidly was just like, okay, we live to fight another day. And then I wake up on Friday and I, I'm like, oh, oh, he made a 10. Okay. Uh, I missed that. 
um, 18, but such is life. You mentioned, uh, can you like harness the Higo sun run? Dude, sun runs once a tournament at this point. There is a point at every tournament where I have to go look at the live odds of what Higo is to win because he's made seven <laughs> consecutive birdies or something. He is a showdown monster. I don't know which day, but there is a day where if Higo will be on the winning showdown lineup. It's insane. Uh, the other guy I was looking at, too, that I just see no buzz about him is Will Gordon. Pretty good week last week. Like He faltered in round four, but you know he's made every cut in Florida so far. He had a bad run at like the Amex and Farmers, but he was hot coming off the KFT. Remember when we all loved Will Gordon for like three weeks, two years ago? Oh yeah, he was he was him and uh, Austin Eckrote were like the, the the thing for about ten minutes. Those were good times. Yeah, like he's he's lost strokes off the tee in three straight, which is really weird because for his career, off the tee is kind of where he does well but the irons have come back to life he, he really can't chip he can kind of putt sometimes but I don't know he, he just seems like I don't know it's really hard to differentiate between a lot of these guys in the sevens they all like you mentioned kind of seem like the same guy speaking of not to add more names what about uh what about Wingmurth? Oh, I don't know if I can do <sighs> no. really I don't think I can do it but man what about Webb God, I, I I bet him last week. He was trash. Yeah, it's his eye. I mean, I don't know what's going on. His irons are all over the place. Yeah, and I mean, I threw it. You mentioned Lingworth at 73. I will throw out Eric Cole again. Do, do we just keep riding this wave until it stops? I mean, the break-even point is pretty damn, like you're talking about yeah, you're gonna obviously you nearly win the Honda. Of course, that's gonna be fantastic. But like, you can give me the 15th at Pebble, the 27th at Players. Uh, any of that stuff is gonna work just fine. The irons are almost automatic. Off the tee is probably the weak link. I, I'm fine with Eric Cole. Yeah, and I, ever since we get to Florida, dude can putt the lights out. You know, he is a Florida man. I will say it's funny to look at like his around the green game throughout the course of the entire year. It's really, really good. But essentially, since he needed to get that up and down at Honda to win Honda, he has been a losing player around the greens. Now, he went from Honda and played in an elevated event at Bay Hill and then played the players. So his stats aren't going to look as good when he's playing the best players in the world. This week, however, I looked at the field. He is not playing against the best players in the world anymore. No, that's confirmed. So, um, yeah, uh, again, this is where I think the... The lineups, you know, the, this is where you have to separate. There's a lot of guys in a small, a small little region. Price point from like 75 down to flat seven. I'm going to mix and match pretty heavily. I think that's where you could see a dark horse winner. Do you think if you had to fade one of Griffin, Sue, and Wyndham Clark, which one would you not play? Wyndham Clark. Yeah, I was going to say Ben Griffin. I feel It's not that I feel like his run is over. I just think that he's overpriced, and he's kind of like the anti-Cole. Now, I know Ben Griffin screwed me pretty badly last week. Uh, if he had just got a top eight, I win a ton of money. Or if he just wins, I win 10 grand. That would be fantastic. Didn't expect him to win the players, but here we are. It's just he kind of melted on the weekend. Like, it all kind of bubbled up. It was a lot of pressure. It was probably a pretty taxing week for him, where Eric Cole was kind of the opposite. He got in on the number at plus two and just kind of played well 
throughout the course of the weekend, like just two really good rounds to get himself inside the top 30 where Griffin went the opposite way. I know that you like to look at that stuff sometimes, like who built momentum from the last tournament where Griffin's kind of like falling down and Cole's on the way up. Yeah, I, I think there's something really to that. Again, like if you can bank some momentum on Sun, nothing crazy, like you don't need to break the course record, but just if you put in a, a good effort and you climb up the board rather than melting, uh, I think there is something to that. I mean, we're kind of saying the same thing to me if I could only play one of the three, and I know a lot of people might answer this, Justin Sue, I just think is really primed to keep it going. I agree. Do, do we worry that way too many people are on him? Yes, I think it's funny. Davis Riley's right there and like no one, not no one, but Justin Sue has just cast a pretty wide shadow right now. Hey, Justin Sue, Justin Sue pulled the anti Ben Griffin. He did cash the top eight for me last week, which was just amazing news. And he's one of my favorites. Remember when I took him in the the season long golf draft like three years ago when he got one start? Yeah, well, you were It's like, oh, my God, you're three years too early on him. Now you're getting paid off, but not really. So I have the pool narrowed to 22 players at the moment. I think I'm going to take Zach Blair out of the pool. It's a tough, tough <laughs> cut for me. Uh, poor Zach Blair. Um, you have any JT Poston thoughts? I mean, I tried that last week because he had always been so good at the players, but like he was good for the first few starts this season. And he just kind of lost it. Yeah, he is kind of a – he does strike me as that kind of like – Chez-esque it's it's like when he gets rolling keep it going and when he doesn't watch out because it can get ugly so that leaves me with four guys in the six k's Merritt, Wu, Carson Young and Schwab I'm probably pretty good with oh, that yeah. I, I can just I, I just don't want to play 100% Dylan Wu maybe I should but this way I can kind of spread out those shares onto these guys no and I, I think that there's there's plenty of other again they all carry somewhat significant risk because it's the lower seven, but there are guys in that same range. Even a guy like, I don't know, Adam Long is playing God awful. Streelman's down there. Kevin, Tw- like I- I'm going to look more into some of these guys. They're not going to make the pool most likely, but they're at least names. Oh, for sure. I tried to look into Streelman because the numbers actually told me he was pretty good. And then like, I just did a deeper dive into Streelman and he's been like awful, like truly awful. But somehow he's still yeah, top 30 T to green in this field over the past 24 rounds. I was like, okay, how does that work? Well, he's missed four, three of his past four cuts and doesn't have a finish better than 50th in 2023 in seven starts. Yeah, that's pretty Like I, I've really now I've lost it. I'm looking at someone named Augusto Nunez. How's that going for you? It's not, it's not great. Um, he was 15th in Puerto Rico, but yeah, this is not this is not the path that you want to take no. for your life. So I, I do think just like kind of looking at the guys that I have favorited right now, I'm I'm willing to go down to Matias Schwab in some line, so I want to jam in some of the top guys. But it might just lead me to like a 110K guy or start my lineups with Fitz or Rose and try to jam in Hadwin and then just drop into the sevens. Because I have a ton of 7K guys. And Perez, Vegas, Taylor... That's Nick Taylor, Higo, Batia, Martin, Cootie, Eric Cole, Trey Mullenix, Kramer Hickok, S.H. Kim. Like, just mix and match with those guys if I have a very solid core at the top that I feel good about. And that's, again, I think you're going to be able to leverage. First of all, you can play off the waves a little bit. And then there's just a bunch of names that aren't going to get a, a ton of 
But I'm talking that lower 7K range. Man, Nick Hardy, what the hell happened to him? Speaking of the Robbie yeah. Shelton thing, like I'm just done with it. I'm just done with Nick Hardy. I made that decision two weeks ago, that, and it's paying dividends not using Nick Hardy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's always, you have to factor in, like, you know, the, the mental health boost you get from not playing some of these guys as well. So um, He sucks now. Yeah, I'm just, what ha- I I was like, all right, this guy, first of all, the, the other problem is I'm still, I'm pretty sure that all of Dylan Meyer's good starts, I attribute to Nick Hardy. So I think he's better than he is. Um, Cause I, Dylan Meyer, I guess is just not around. So that's step one of why I'm confused with this guy. I mean, I don't know if Dylan Meyer, hot fire Dylan Meyer has a start on the PGA tour in like four years. Yeah, no, it's, he's in the, he's in the Curtis luck uh, Ryan Ruffles bucket of people that I thought were good, and then it turned out they they were not. I, I mean, I I had that with Davis Thompson, but it turns out he might actually be good. He might be a Pete Dye specialist. Yeah. Now that I look back on it, is he in this field? No, too good for this field. Okay, yeah, yeah, he's resting for the big events. Good. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll use him at Heritage, like Cam Davis and Davis Thompson. I think are just two players that, regardless of form, you blindly play at Pete Dye courses. Yeah. I, again, I love guys like that because it's like, all right, you're going to be useful for four or six weeks a year, and I don't have to think about you in any other week. It's easy game. All right. So at the top, I got Spieth, Fitz, Rose, Hadwin, and I, I do think that Harmon is a good pivot at $9,100 just because literally no one's using him. He's in the good wave. If you want to get off Hadwin, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I'll probably just jam Justin Sue anyway. And then you have this like middle range. We didn't talk about it at all, but KH Lee, you said Poston, Taylor Moore, Griffin, Woodland, McNeely, and Wyndham Clark. I mean, Wyndham Clark's the only one in the PM wave of all of those guys, I and mean, he's already going to be popular, so that makes it really tricky with him. McNeely would be the other one I would look to, strangely enough, and no one's using McNeely. No, people are done with he's I mean, putting on, he's on a Taylor Montgomery plan right now. It's just insane. I just don't know what to make of his, his ball striking and, you know, Bermuda – he can still do it, clearly, but it's not his preferred surface. Yeah, I'll probably end up fading him, and maybe I'll add Clark to the pool, but right now it's like those six guys, fade Tommy, fade Thomas, fade Burns, try to pick off some of the pivots and really try to triple down on Spieth and Hadwin, who I really do like. Do you like Denny at all? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with Denny. He's in the, I believe he's in the quote-unquote wrong wave. Yeah, he is, but I like Denny. I think that he... You know, what, what is he doing wrong? He's starting to flash where he can be solid enough tee to green in moments. And when he does that, I mean, the guy's an automatic top 10. Uh, I, I like it. He's good at pebble, good at the players. He, he's doing some things. Benny's uh, in the pool for me. All right, maybe I'll, I'll dilute my my shares of Hadwin with some Denny. I do worry now that, like, Denny was being overlooked coming into the week. But now that Keegan is out and he is the next player on the pricing board, that it would make a lot of sense if out of nowhere he was 20% owned. Yeah. No, then he'll get some of that bump. I'm hoping, though, that Hadwin takes some and Harmon's in the right wave. Maybe he gets a little bit, but I like Denny. I think he's in in good shape here. Yeah, because pre-Keegan WD, I had Keegan at 15% ownership. I had Denny at 11 and Harmon at 6 so I, I, I just don't yeah. think that people want to play Herman. No, I don't think they do either. It's just going to be 
you know, if, if you are looking PM AM, there's, there's legitimately like two options in that range. Correct. But I, as we said off the top, there fewer people than we yeah, always expect. That? Yeah. Actually yeah. do play the wave stacks. Yep. All right. I think that's True. good. I, I like, I like where we got to here. I feel very comfortable with my player pool. I can't wait to lose all my money again. J- having 80% John Rahm in my lineups last week did not work out for me. That's a, that's a hot, hot take for me. <laughs> that's a tough scene. Uh, I mean, he's still like, if I, if I didn't use a lot of Rom, but he would have been in the upper half of my player pool. If I did, like yeah. I, the things I did last week are unspeakable. Oh, please, please tell me. I, I don't even, honestly, I, it wasn't even, it was one of those weeks when I looked back and it was just like, Oh, like I, I didn't even realize Becky made the cut until Sunday. And it was like, nice this is great and then it was just like once again i don't have scheffler where i need him once again xander is just not helpful um and then there was just some there were some bad things that transpired the players and me just don't mix i never recovered from russell henley's albatross (laughs) last year in that tournament on monday oh yeah i forgot about that I ended up. Oh having, yeah, I, I was like, oh my god. I I started out the week pure fade on Rory, fifty fifty like between the top guys of Scheffler and Rom. And the more the week went along, I was like, no, I think Homa's gonna win. So I like I up my Rom exposure, drop my Scheffler exposure, and just got more Homa exposure. And Homa was fine, but you know, getting off the guy who scored all the DraftKings points was not a good idea. No, I had. I had a bunch of good tries. Like I had, I really could have used Bez hanging in there more than he did. Uh, that would have been a week saver, but yeah, it was, I mean, Ricky showed some flashes. Cantlay did, you know, he was fine, but not what I wanted. So it was, uh, yeah, onward and upward. Yeah. And Morikawa was looking great for me as well until he wasn't poor guy. Can't keep yeah. it together. Yeah, he really can. I don't, that was so strange. Just nothing. He couldn't putt. Like, he, he led all players in approach last week. Yep. And when you hit it to five feet every time in round one, that's going to pad your stats. He also couldn't drive after round one. Like, his driver's becoming a real problem, which is not something I ever would have anticipated. Yeah, no, that's not the that's not the combination where you can't putt or drive it. That's that's going to be a tough scene. Yeah. All right, Ben Rosa at Jazz Raz, DFS. Where are you going to have to go to get your internet now? Yeah, I don't, I'm going to, you'll see me on the side of the road just with a sign. Someone take me in, in the New York area. We'll see what's up. It's, it's a beautiful day. Maybe I'll like, I've heard going outside. It's like the new fad. So maybe I'll try that for the first time in a while and see what's going on out there. But yeah, uh, I'll be ready to rock March Madness tomorrow. Why not? That that is the key to a healthy lifestyle. From from what I've read on my for you Twitter feed, ten thousand steps a day, constantly be outside. Those are the two keys to to long living. Well, I'm gonna be. If that's true, I'll be uh, possibly dying by the time this phone call is over because I gotta get I gotta get on it. I'm. 9,950 steps behind today. I I have to go for like a a run around the neighborhood, try to get my 10,000 in today. So so it goes. Good luck this week on draft. I'll see you out there. Yeah, see see us in the streets. See me in the Pat Mayo Experience open streets because the link is down in the description right now. I just checked in. There's only 900 spots left, so it's actually filling quite quickly. We want to get as 
as full as quickly as possible. And when I say as full, I mean completely full. And that way we can extend it out. I don't know if we're going to have a match play one next week because the match play like bracket release is always at a really weird time. Then it starts on Wednesday. So we'll see about that. Uh, Until then, though, play in the bracket. As I mentioned, a dollar for every lineup and every sign up that we get goes to charity. So even if you don't want to play, just go sign up and take the 20 seconds out of your day to go do that and help out a very good cause. Congrats to the giveaway winner from Tambo. Follow at ToeTaganTambo on Twitter, again, because he's so generous with a lot of this money. Bad at flights, good at winning 150 k every weekend because he just did that. Now he's going to another live final in Nashville this weekend, try to potentially win a million dollars, which he didn't win at the DraftKings World Championship last weekend. So go, go root on Tambo. We're all pulling for him. Hopefully he's still alive and not in a plane crash or something like that. But here we are. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Family experience! Experience!